What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we are taking a deep dive into injury management, rehabilitation, and all things load management. We're going to talk about the concept of an injury identity and one of the sticking points, one of the reasons why a lot of people can't shape their injuries. Morning, Tribe. It is great to be back. I'm joined here by the voice of God, Richard Lellies. How you going, guys? And uh, we are going deeper into injury management, injury rehab, uh, load management. We spoke about, we crammed three topics into one show yesterday. If you missed that, it was a cracker. Make sure you go back and listen to that episode. Uh, I want to give a big shout out before we get started to everyone joining us live on the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. We do stream these podcast recordings live to the group, Joe Rogan style. And another shout out to anyone watching the replay on YouTube. Uh, if you guys haven't already, get over to Facebook, search for UMS Movement Mastermind. Uh, join the group. You can interact with us. You can ask questions and you can answer the question of the day, which today is... We want to know if you've ever had an injury that you just couldn't seem to shake or fix, something that lasted way longer than it should have. Uh, by all um, due processes, it just you just couldn't get over it. I certainly have, and I'm going to share a, uh, a couple of stories about my experiences with this today. Uh, first and foremost, how are you, Richie? Good, Yanni. Just finished uh, four sessions back-to-back, straight into the podcast still higher from the class's energy <laughs> he's going hard richie is like absolutely he's putting our business model to the absolute test at the moment to see if we can run the gym with with one person and uh it's it's pretty amazing really he's uh, he's doing very well he's rad he's richie i'm he's, trying, I'm he, trying. He's, he's doing better than trying he's doing very well and uh richie's gonna have a uh a, a break a a well-deserved holiday straight after this well, not straight after this, at the end of the month. Uh, so he's looking forward to that. Uh, congratulations to uh, all of the Queenslanders winning the State of Origin last night. For oh, those of you, are, oh man, they, it was a crushing uh, defeat. It was a really close game and uh, it was an absolute warrior effort. Uh, we had our star player uh, and captain knocked out in the 20 minute uh, Mark and and uh, he couldn't come back onto the field and it was just brutal. We only lost by six points, which was quite a miracle, quite frankly. Um, but jeez, uh, it was a crazy game. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about from around the world, State of Origin is like the pinnacle of uh, rugby league in this country, I guess you'd say. It's a state versus state, um, the north versus the south, and uh, it's kind of. Uh, a little bit like Game of Thrones, I guess. <laughs> for the for the period of the state of origin, we go to war, we hate each other, uh, and um, yeah, it's a it's a very very incredible uh, incredible um, I guess example of athletic performance at its most extreme, and it's it's on topic uh, because today we're going to talk about. Um, 
how to overcome an injury identity. And, you know, I had a, a, a discussion. We've had quite a few rugby league players. Rugby league, I guess, if you don't know what it is, it's similar to rugby union in many ways. Uh, and it's kind of Australia's version. You know, we have three football codes in Australia, if you're not including soccer, which is also classified as a football, but it's a non-contact to a degree. Um, rugby league is one of the most popular on the East Coast where we live, and uh, it's, it's brutal. It's a very, very um, uh, physical game, uh, probably more so than any other contact sport, I believe. Uh, not to say that I don't like the others, but it's just the and, it, and it's also the sport that I grew up around. It was in my it was prevalent in my country town. Uh, we played rugby league, and uh, we've had a lot of league players come through the gym. and And one of the comments that we had from a, a star uh, footy player a couple of years ago, um, a guy called Craig Wing, uh, when we, when I was chatting to him, was, you know, he said, as a professional footballer, um, you only play one game uninjured, which is your first game. And then after that point, you're pretty much injured constantly. You know, you, you've got something uh, that you're working to overcome or fix from week to week. Uh, and you take the field, usually always not perfect, you know. But these guys get over that. And uh, the way they get over that is, is one really simple sort of um, mindset shift. Uh, they become performance focused. And, uh, and they have sports psychologists working with them to prevent them from forming what's referred to as an injury identity, uh, allowing that injury to sort of dominate their mindset and take over their thoughts and uh, inhibit their performance, essentially. And this is something that we need to, this is, a, this is a, a, a theory, this is a process, this is a strategy we need to adopt more in the gym. And uh, Richie has, um, uh, had to overcome from time to time quite um, annoying and painful and restrictive injuries. The, the, the one that comes to mind to me uh, first is your knee a couple yeah. of years ago. You know, you had, I don't, did you have it diagnosed at all? Was it just patella femoral disorder or was uh, it? I, yeah, it was, it was tendinopathy in the, of the quadricep. Yeah. That's yep. what I was told from multiple physios, really. Yep. Um, and and you had it for eight like quite a while. Yeah, you know? I was struggling with it for probably more than a year. Yeah, um, on and off, just like tendinopathy happens. You know, you you go through these cycles where it gets pretty bad, and then you go you go okay, and then it comes back. Yeah. But now I haven't had it in my knees for a good six months. Yeah. Uh, or more. It's been really good actually. Yeah. Managed to get my squat strength back. Yeah, and that's something I've noticed. And and you know, for someone like Richard, myself, anyone who who's used to performing at a high level, well above average, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real kick in the teeth uh, when you hurt yourself and or you 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 know you have um, what happened to Richard, which is essentially an overuse injury. You know, it, tendinopathy can come from one instance or multiple instances. It's an it's it's caused by an abusive load. A load. Uh, yesterday we spoke about load management, the concept of load management, uh, and it's uh, uh, um, caused by an abusive load, which, as I said, can come from one thing that you do that was just way beyond what your body is capable of. We talked about the load capacity, the concept of your body being a cup that you can fill up and when it overflows, you injure yourself. Uh, or it can come from multiple instances which, you know, you're just mismanaging the load, the, the frequency is too much, the volume is too much, whatever it is, you know. And um, it's really tough, you know, and it's really, really tough. And, and, I, and I remember um, uh, distinctly Richard going through a lot of um, 
you know, a psychological battle for a period there, you know, he especially on leg day, he'd, he'd just really go quiet and go in, in, internal and really focus heavily on what he was doing. And, you know, you wouldn't want to interrupt him. He'd get really pissed off and and, uh, and worked up if, if you interrupt him. And, and, you know, he was processing it in his own little way. But what he didn't do was form an injury identity. He did not let it rule him he worked through it he didn't stop exercising he didn't uh, stop training he just re-strategized and uh, and I remember all of the the, the different um, uh, movements and the deloading he did and all sorts of stuff like that and it's very very important that um, you know people understand that you, just because you're experiencing pain or you injure yourself it, it doesn't it very rarely s- suggests that you should stop or abstain from exercise altogether in fact you know we've had um, some pretty good discussions with Phil our resident physio on on the show before and he's sort of talked about you know in most cases the only time that you completely abstain from exercise is when there's a bone fracture because the bone fracture needs to set and movement is going to disrupt that process there is some um, considerations, you know, if you have a laceration or a huge gash or a cut, you know, that's uh, that needs to heal, and you've had it all, had yourself all stitched up, and you've, you know, you, you've had a like severe trauma like that. Of course, that's a different story. We're talking about, um, yeah, in, injuries related to sport or gym or things like that. You know, so yeah, it's it's one of those things that you have to try and find the mindset. You have to shift your mindset and go, okay, I, I can't do what I am used to doing. Uh, what I can do is become very performance focused and focus on how I can work through this issue. And, um, and by doing so, by shifting your mindset to performance rather than, uh, you know, sh- really focusing on the, the, the pain you're in or the, the injury or the tear or the muscle um, that's, that's having problems, you usually will work through that issue much, much quicker. And, you know, the reality is, is that uh, as uh, our friend Craig um, Wing, the football player, suggested, <laughs> when, you're, when you're training at a high level, uh, even if you're not, it's very rare that, you've, that you're not going to have some sort of issue that you're working through. I can't remember the last time that I, I, th- I thought, okay, I don't have, I, there's not one thing in my body that feels like it's, you know, a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen. It's, it's, and if you get too hung up on that, it, it prevents you from living, essentially, yeah. you know. It's one of those things that can really disrupt one's um, uh, um, ability to sort of function on a day-to-day basis. And most of the time, as we spoke about yesterday, as one of the key topics of yesterday, pain is generated in the brain. There is no other circumstance that, that, is, uh, that is true. Pain is always a symptom of the brain. Uh, and it's perceived um, differently by different people. You know, someone might have exactly the same issue as another person and they just get on with life whereas the other person is completely laid up and can't function you know it, it's all about how you perceive that pain now i am not for one moment suggesting that you ignore injuries mm. injuries need proper diagnosis you need to work with a proper physiotherapist or an exercise um uh, uh physiologist or or whatever you know or or a great personal trainer and you need to get the right guidance if you're experiencing pain but you also it's very important that you don't form an injury identity um which is something that we work on with our guys i want to give a couple of quick shout outs we've got a few people um commenting here good morning lee thank you very much for welcoming me back it's good to be back morning vinnie brown 
And Lee's saying, yes, thank you. Performance focused, just what I needed to hear. Uh, we are always performance focused, Lee. And Vinny's saying, I continually strain my adductors or something in and around there, training the middle splits, currently working on building strength there, but it's extremely frustrating not being able to stretch. Uh, Vinny, I would, um, uh, I, would look at, uh, I would look into the Copenhagen um, adductor exercises. Uh, it's very similar to the, um, I don't know how easy it would be for you to bring up a YouTube, if you just search on YouTube and yeah, bring it up bring on it up the screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'll get Richie to bring it up and we'll talk about it because that'll help you specifically. Um, but it's a, it's a fantastic exercise. It's very much uh, as effective for the adductors as, it, as the um, Nordic hamstring curl has been for the hamstrings. And it's of course something you need to progressively overload. You need to manage load. It's very intense, especially if you're experiencing problems in the adductors already, but it, it, it certainly will help you. And someone like yourself who trains at home, you should be able to find a way to set it up. So um, when Richie's ready, uh, uh, we'll bring that up and have a talk about it. First of all though, I wanna share uh, my story around uh, injury identity. When I was about six years old, I fell from a horse uh, in between the age of six and eight. I don't remember specifically. Uh, Rad seems to have a different theory to me. I thought it was eight, he thinks it's six. When we were living in the country, we had a, uh, we had a 500 um, uh, acre property or hectare property. And uh, I used to ride a horse to school, uh, albeit under the supervision of my mother, because I was quite young. She used to sort of walk along beside me, but she had dreams and aspirations of me becoming a, an expert um, horse rider, a dressage, um, compete, things like that. And uh, the horse, um, bolted on me one day it was a uh, it's a, a windy sort of bumpy gravel road to get to and from school from our farm and uh, being a young child with a horse that's bolted along a gravel road it wasn't a ma it was only a matter of time before I fell I couldn't uh, uh, turn the horse I couldn't um, control the horse and I fell I got uh, one of my legs got caught in the stirrup and I was dragged uh, for a, um, uh, a period of time and uh, the the compression from my body sort of bouncing along the side there uh, caused a couple of fractures to my spine, my lower back, and uh, it also broke my, I broke my wrist. I had intense gravel rash on my arms from rocks and, and, and uh, gravel embedding in my, under my skin. It was pretty horrific. I've still got some scarring on my wrist from it. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty horrific injury. It messed me up for quite some time. Of course, uh, any sort of spinal injury requires a lot of rehab. I was lucky though that I was quite young when it occurred. So my body was still growing and, and healing and under the right guidance, it was okay. But I did experience a lot of back pain and a lot of problems and uh, that carried out, carried on through my teenage years. And by the time I was in, in the adolescent phase, sort of around the age of 18, 19, 20, I had formed a really, really strong injury identity. Uh, I, ha I had got into boxing quite heavily through that time and, and um, I found boxing was uh, w was a, a way that I could um, exercise. I, I had played rugby league as well, but rugby league, I, ha I had problems. It, I, I was hurting myself a lot. And so, um, I got to a point in my 20s where I started to get into the gym because I was very, very skinny. I'd done a lot of boxing and a lot of cardiovascular training, but not much strength training. And my coach sort of encouraged me to, because I was starting to experience problems with my back again, my coach encouraged me to go and get some, build some strength. And I hit the gym and 
All I used was the assisted machines. I was petrified of free weights because of my back. I'd formed this identity that my back was just not ever going to cope with doing um, proper training, proper strength training, squats, deadlifts, uh, overhead press, things like that, all the stuff that we do in the UMS now. And uh, it wasn't until I worked with a, a couple of really, really good exercise coaches and strength coaches where I started to sort of realize that my restrictions and, and, and beliefs were the primary cause. My my back had long been healed. It had healed many, many years ago. You know, being young, my back, uh, it, um, all of my injuries would have been healed by the age of about 12, uh, even earlier, you know, um, at the age of 10. Uh, but because I had a, a, such a um, trauma around that fall, I held on to the injury for the for the large part of my life, uh, all through my teens and into my um, uh, mid twenties, and uh, it was quite um, incredible when I worked with someone who just basically s convinced me, um, uh, worked with me on a on a, an emotional and psychological level to understand that I was no longer injured. The injury and the pain that I was experiencing just disappeared. There wasn't any miraculous. Um, uh, exercise that we did, you know, he had he got me exercising and got me training, but um, I j he just convinced me to stop going to the Cairo, and and uh, I was I was seeing a chiropractor every week. I saw a chiropractor every week for eight years, and this guy would just crack, 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 and then I'd leave. And I'm not having a dig at chiropractors here. I've got great friends who are chiropractors, but the chiropractor that I saw was, in my opinion, terrible. Uh, he never never saw you for more than about ten minutes. He treated about five people in different rooms at the same time it was that classic just um, churn and burn just the same three manipulations every single time I saw him and uh, and I did that for eight years and it just did nothing for me there was never any drive or, or uh, mention of exercises that I should do outside of those treatments it was just a maintenance um, okay see you next week Yanni sort of uh, thing and yeah my my friend and uh, um, exercise coach at the time uh, suggested that I stop doing that and start uh, focusing just more on strength training and then it wasn't until I uh, did some um, courses and workshops with Charles Poliquin, the late Charles Poliquin, that I then was convinced to start deadlifting and the very exercise I was petrified of became the exercise that fixed my back once and for all and uh, if I didn't first overcome that injury identity I never would have tried the deadlift you know it was something that uh, had restricted me from even attempting movements that you know I now know were the cure for my problem um, and yeah it was just a really really important process for me to go through and I know that we deal with and come across a lot of people who carry similar uh, mindsets and similar um, injury identities you know and I think that as, as uh, and I'll, I'll continue on with my story because this is important. I didn't even know at the time that what I was doing was overcoming an injury identity. It wasn't until I met Phil, our resident physio, many years later, a decade later, where we were working together and Phil's really, really um, passionate about pain science and, and, and all of this stuff. That's one of the, the areas that he's sort of gone deeper on in his research and study and uh, as a physiotherapist. And he's the one that explained it to me first. And, um, and that was when the penny dropped for me and I realized, wow, you know, all of those years I'd formed the strongest injury identity. And it wasn't until I, 
I, uh, I sort of broke that, that I was able to overcome that injury, an injury that really should have been done and dusted after a, a maximum of a year uh, or two. Um, I carried on for uh, almost 15 years, you know, and I know that there's people out there that would be going through the same thing. I'd love to hear from you if you are uh, watching uh, live or in the comments. Michael Hunter has said, recently I heard myself <laughs> telling someone that recovery such as will be, will be a long, slow process of increasing my tolerance for pain and suffering. Yeah, look, uh, uh, Michael, I would, I would challenge you to reframe that uh, because what you're doing there is is essentially playing into this concept or the notion of an injury identity just by saying it's going to be a long slow process um, uh, using the words pain and suffering you know this is this is how injury identities are created you know you can reframe that and you can say i'm working through an issue in my body but i am 100 percent confident that if i focus on performance and how my body moves feels and functions i'm going to overcome this in no time at all because here's the thing guys as we now know um, working with great physios and and great exercise physiologists the majority of injuries are done and dusted and overcome, like the tissue remodeling and the tissue healing, it usually only takes a matter of months, sometimes even a matter of weeks. What we hold on to there is the trauma of the injury and the, and the brain and the central nervous system's role in all of that. And that part of the injury doesn't heal unless we actively pursue ways to overcome it. And, and most of that is in the mind, but it, 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 the tools we use are our strength training and our flexibility training, building confidence in the end ranges of movement so that the brain starts to go, oh, hang on a minute, I can actually do this. I don't need to amplify and send pain signals anymore. This is safe. You know, my, my, my tissues have healed. The body's tissues have healed. And, and it is a process. And that's why, you know, when I watch Phil working with a, a client, most of his treatment is on the gym floor doing strength training exercises, you know. And it's why we mostly uh, don't really experience, like, we're, we're, if, I'm, if I'm completely honest, between Rad, Richard and myself, the, it, it, there's never a moment when one of us isn't working through an injury. Rad's working through a slap tear in his shoulder right now, you know. Uh, Richard and myself have ongoing issues with tendinopathy in the forearms and things mm -hmm. like that, but it never prevents us from doing anything we want to do. It might change the strategy, but it doesn't stop us, you know. And uh, and 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 that's the, just an attitude that we've we've formed because exercise and performance is just one of our um, values, you know. There's nothing that will ever get in the way of that. Uh, Michael saying a bit tongue in cheek. Working on the eighteen minute routine now. Good work. Do you want me brother. to show you that Copenhagen? Yeah, mechanic? let's do it. So let's go back, Vinny. I hope you're still on the stream. If you are, let us know. We're going to bring up the Copenhagen. Um, sorry. Right. Uh, so so yeah. Sorry. Apologise for that. Richie may not have um, muted the volume. Uh, so what I'm what I'm I'm going to go back and just repeat what I said. It's extremely important that you progress this exercise slowly. The first way that you do it, or the first way that you can do it if you have real issues in the adductors is that you can do it with a bent knee. So just imagine this gentleman actually having his shin and knee on the, on the bench instead. Uh, it, it is, um, and then you can slowly progress to just the foot. And, and that's gonna, of course, increase the leverage and put more load on the adductors. Uh, from there, we would start by doing an isometric hold first, 
and then we can progress to doing eccentrics and then we can slowly progress to doing uh, concentric and eccentric. Yeah, I do apologize, guys. Um, sometimes it's it's hard for uh, Richie to tell if because we're not listening to the to the stream all the time. It's hard to tell if he's muted successfully muted the video that we've brought up, which uh, obviously we didn't do there. So just what what I want to leave you with, Vinny, is progress slowly, do it gently, go slow and uh, start with an isometric contraction and then move to eccentrics and then move to concentric eccentric and uh, you can always regress the movement by doing it with a bent knee and uh, it's a fantastic it's it's as effective for the nordic hamstring curl uh, as effective uh, for the hamstrings as the nordic hamstring curls are all right guys so uh, uh, vinnie's saying if i'm feeling pain in there now is it okay to do these it absolutely is but you've got to find the right entry point Vinny. so the way that we work with any injury any any um musk muscle or tendon uh injury is that we introduce movement that doesn't make you feel worse the day after that's the key so get a measure of how it's feeling right now when you stimulate the muscle it may feel a little bit worse. You may feel the um, the discomfort increase slightly. It shouldn't go much more than about a, a you know, a four to six out of 10. Uh, but the key is you need to be able to gauge it the following day. And if you walk around, like the way we gauge it, Vinny, is that you, you gauge the discomfort based on doing no stimulus at all. So just what it feels like walking around uh, without doing the Copenhagen. Uh, then you want to gauge the following day. If it, if it feels worse the following day, then you know you've gone too hard. But here's the thing, guys. You have to stimulate. You have to get a, um, a little bit of load going through it. And that little bit of load, unless there's a bone fracture that needs to be set, that little bit of load can start almost instantaneous. The only other exception that I know of is that if you've got like a laceration or an open wound that's been stitched up, like for instance, if you've gone and had a, a surgery, surgical intervention, then of course you need to treat it a little bit differently and give the, give the initial wound the... the um, the laceration or the cut a little bit of time to heal as well you don't want to tear that back open Vinny's saying thank you so much lol i feel like i should send a check a <laughs> little bit of uh coaching here uh for Vinny, but that's the benefit of jumping on the live and uh all of you listening on the podcast that's the benefit of joining the ums movement mastermind private facebook group Guys, that's all we have time for today. Tomorrow, we're going to bring this in for a landing, our injury rehabilitation and load management series by talking about why we teach that rest isn't best and motion is lotion. Now, I tipped on that just now. Uh, I gave you a little bit of an insight into tomorrow's show, and uh, we're going to go deeper into that uh, topic tomorrow to bring the injury management series in for a landing. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you very much for uh, joining us and thanks very much for everyone who joined on the live uh, especially Vinny got some great coaching everyone else we will see you tomorrow thank you Richard and also if you're watching on YouTube and you're liking what we're doing don't forget to subscribe hit the like button and yeah we'll see you next time good point health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity.
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.